This is JFM Podcast. And welcome to another beautiful morning, another beautiful day on the program. Let's talk. This is the Monday edition, and today is September 13, 2021. I am your anchor, Zoe Machunga. Well, I know you've missed me, and I missed you too all the way. I've been on my annual leave, and um, it is a crucial part of the job because uh, you need your minds, you need our bodies to rest, take proper break from workplace, and uh, research suggests that taking annual leave for holiday uh, can boost workplace productivity. So, hey, here I am all boosted up for you uh, with some good information, some good facts, some good conversations and good discussions, uh, you know, some good debates to mold opinions. And so it's um, the flagship program on the morning, Jay. Let's talk. And as you know, the media's business is to uh, provoke debates, to mold opinions. And we have 55 minutes to exhaust on the program this morning but before we get to all of that let's take a look at some headlines making the rounds um economic recovery uba fidelity bank 10 others generate 578.9 billion naira profit in six months and a bit of controversy here lecky toll plaza shootings forensic firm sentinel debunks alleged indictment of nigerian army Agreement breach. We may be forced to embark on another strike. Asu. And of course, we're still dealing uh, with the strike from NAD, National Association of Resident Doctors. Uh, Sarap tackles Buhari over communication shutdown in Kasina State. From this day newspaper, NCAA directs airlines to board passengers without evidence of COVID-19 test payments. Hmm. Um... How uh, how sustainable is this? Uh, we we COVID nineteen we're, we're barely following the protocols at this time. There's a new variant, and uh, well, the story generally is that it's become uh, very uh, cumbersome getting these results out, and a lot of passengers are getting stranded. And so the NCAA uh, is directing airlines to board passengers without evidence of COVID nineteen tests. Well, we wonder what uh, the Nigerian Medical Association has to say concerning this. Uh, EFCC. ICPC may go after doctors for fraudulently collecting 540 million. 540 million naira. Uh, that is quite an amount uh, for training allowances, uh, that is. And um, the federal government is considering dragging some medical doctors through the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission and the Independent Corrupt Practices and Other Related Offenses Commission for illegally collecting medical training allowances meant for house officers on residency training program in 2020 to the tune of 540 million naira i'll leave it there well um we know that uh, we've seen a lot of brain drain just lately uh when it comes to uh, when we saw uh when the strike started and um 
We saw a lot of doctors writing exams, trying to get them off the shores of Nigeria. We do hope that the federal government will swing into action and uh, they would reach a compromise somewhere soon and sometime. Uh, CJN refers George, who issued criminal summon on Saludo to disciplinary committee. Hmm. The judge, uh, whose name was withheld, had recently issued criminal charges against Saludo, the candidate of the All Progressive Grand Alliance, Abga, in the November 6th governorship election in Anambra State over alleged serial abuse of office and breach of code of conduct for public officers while in office between May 29. 2004 and May 29, 2009. So we'll leave here with some of the headlines that made the rounds this morning. Our discuss for today, hmm, when it comes to money matters, uh, we know that uh, all heads will be rearing. And uh, the controversy, the subject matter in controversy here uh, is the power of River State government to collect value-added task. The House of Assembly, uh, after the judgment of the Federal High Court, uh, the House of Assembly in River State, has passed for will or for woe a law authorizing the collection of value-added tax in River State. And we also saw the House of Assembly in Lagos State also passed a similar law and that has been assented to by the uh, Governor of Lagos State. Now this matter touches to the very center of our fiscal federation and devolution of power conversation and so um to discuss this matter this morning uh we have with us in the studio um barista omachi gabriel he's a tax lawyer thank you for taking the time to be with us here thank you very much for having me here and also we have an, an economist from the department of economics and that is uh, Plateau State University Bokos, am I right? Okay, and that is Mr. Wushiba. Did I get it right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so and, much for um, me. So, uh, give us and uh, throw some light um, into what uh, is going on. Let's start with you, um, Mr. Mr. Gabriel. Um, Esquire, as you said, you wanted to be called. You didn't want to be called barrister. Let me put that in mind. Um, you know, when we when we hear stay, uh, when the when the when the court says into what they mean uh, when they when they say um, return to status quo, uh, it's been reported widely that the court of appeal has directed parties before it to maintain status quo uh, while the appeal is being heard. Uh, the involvement of Lagos State government uh, reports uh, have it that Lagos State uh, government has applied to be joined in the appeal because they claim to be affected by the outcome of the appeal. Uh, has the application for the joinder been heard or has it been pronounced upon? And uh, let's just start right from here. I mean, what do you make of this whole imbroglio concerning the VAT, value-added tax? What is value-added tax in the first place for the layman to even understand what we're discussing? What is value-added tax? Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Now, in very simple um, them, value-added tax is consumption tax. Whatever we consume, we pay an amount of money as tax. Now, tax is um, a compulsory levy by the government or a constituted statutory body empowered to collect this money for the government. It could be the federal government, it could be the state, but it is compulsory. 
Now, tax are actually targeted at income, profit, capital, goods, and services. Now, when it now comes to VAT, VAT is concerned with consumption of goods and services. Now, VAT is one of the easiest taxes that are collected because we all pay VAT. We pay VAT most times without knowing it. You buy a recharge card, you've paid VAT. You buy data, you've paid VAT. You buy a soft drink, you've paid VAT. You pay for services, you've paid VAT. So it's consumption tax. Once you consume goods or and services, then you've actually paid this compulsory levy that we'll call VAT, which is value-added tax, because you've received some value, and the state now believes, because of the enactment of the laws, that you should pay a certain percentage of that value you've received. That is VAT. Hmm. That is VAT. Okay. And we paid knowingly or unknowingly. Okay, so um, the stay, uh, return to status quo. Let's uh, get to that now. Um, the Court of Appeal has directed parties before you to maintain status quo while the rest of the appeal is being heard. Uh, so what does this mean at the moment? Okay, now, the court said parties should remain, um, should maintain status quo. Status quo is being at the position before you went to court. Now, this it's very dicey here because we have an extra party involved in this case, and that is Lagos State. Lagos State brought an application to be joined as a party. FIRS, that is the Federal Inland Revenue Service, informed the court that they intend to oppose that application. That application has not been heard. The application has been adjourned to the 16th. Now, pending that, the Court of Appeal now ruled that parties should maintain status quo. Now, the question is, who are the parties involved at this stage? Mm. Lagos State has an application, but it's not a party yet in the matter. The drama that happened at the Federal High Court, when Justice um, Palm ruled in favor of of River State that... FIRS has no business receiving value-added tax in River State or any other state in the country. It's now opened the way for other states, and Lagos State decided to take advantage of it. Now, quickly, both states now enacted their various laws, empowering them to collect VAT. At the point that they Federal High Court delivered its judgment. These laws were not there. So before the Court of Appeal, the various laws from Lagos and River States are actually not before the court. And these are properly enacted laws of these various states. Hmm. So when the Court of Appeal said, stay, maintain status quo, what status should the various states maintain? Maintain. Because the various laws are not before it. And these are properly enacted laws. I've been given life because the governors have put assented to the bills. So, where are we? Where are we is the question. Well, 
maintain status quo is where we are yes. <laughs> maintaining status quo but based on what we, that remains to be seen okay um some experts have also argued that it's not the practice of courts to interfere in the exercise of authority of other arms of government especially the legislature yes mm. so where does this leave this matter now like like for us for for lawyers and other very interested parties this is actually very interesting now, our laws get developed when things like this come up. The VAT has always been there, but for years, states didn't come up to challenge it. The controversy for Lagos State was actually that Lagos State actually had a sales tax, and the VAT was there. Now, Eco Hotels, we are now faced with the challenge of uh, the federal government, FIRS, expected it to pay VAT. Lagos in inland revenue expected you to pay sales tax. But these are the same tax you're asking them to pay. Now, as a taxpayer, why should they pay? It's double taxation. Hmm. So who should they pay to? Okay. That was the controversy from Lagos State. Now, it went as high as the Supreme Court. But at that point, it was the two laws that was before it. And the Supreme Court now ruled and said, no. FIRS as for VAT. But it's a different scenario in, Lake, in River State. It became a constitutional matter. The Constitution does not allow the federal government to double into the issue of VAT, consumption tax, or sales tax. The Constitution allows the federal government to tax income, profits, and capital gains. Income, profit, and capital gains. The federal government, under any of its agency, has no business dabbling into consumption tax or any such related taxes. And that is the ruling, that was the judgment of Justice Pam at the Federal High Court in River State. Hmm. All right, let's look at this now from an economic uh, perspective, in economic terms. Now, uh, Mr. Baku Wushiba, you're a lecturer at PLASU, uh, Department of Economics. Um, so, two value added tax legislation, state and federal government, risk of multiple taxation. And this has always been a, a challenge faced by investors at state level, state authorities and agencies, federal authorities and their agencies, local government and their agencies. I mean, even from non-state actors too. So, um, talk about uh, talk to us about that. Well, um, <clears throat> once again, thank you for having me. Uh, I want to say, with regards to um, the VAT or VAT, as it is called, it's an indirect tax, and as um, the barista has said, it's actually a consumption tax as it is practiced in Nigeria. But now, you see, the collection of the VAT uh, is done in two ways. There's the impute VAT. Now, that one is basically on raw materials, right? When, when producers are going to produce, they pay VAT. But there's also the output VAT. So when you get raw materials, you pay VAT. By the time you produce and you sell, VAT is charged. But then, the difference is what eventually gets paid to the federal government or into uh, the FIRS account. 
So where the input VAT is greater than the output, that's the one now on the final item, then now the firm or the producer gets reimbursed by the government. So it, it works that, that, that way. Now, there are goods that are exempted from that, like bread, you know, maize, things that are consumed by the poor. So they are exempted. Now, there are goods that are zero-rated. Now, zero-rated VAT goods are goods that are supposed to be charged VAT, but due to government's policy and focus for growing the economy, they are charged zero VAT. So for goods produced, let's say, in the export processing zones, those ones are zero VAT. For items bought by diplomats, zero VAT. For, you know, um, honorary items, for purposes of support of people by civil society organizations, donations and all of that, they are zero VAT. So these are some of the classifications with, terms, with regards to these things. Now, when it comes to the issue of investments and VAT, you see, for investment to thrive in an economy, it is very important with regards to tax that your laws are clear and simple, that they are not complicated. Because where you have complex laws, it gives room for what you have just mentioned, multiple taxation. And with multiple taxation, there is also room for corruption. And then again, with a complex tax system, the taxpayer doesn't get educated about what he should pay on what and when. And so with regards to that, the taxpayer is confused. The investor is also uncertain. Because one of the things about tax for investment reasons is that it should be clear and then the investor should be able to make long-term projections based on that. So with the current controversy, um, it will have some form of negative backlash on investment in the sense that once this controversy is sustained for a very long time, the producer now finds himself in a dilemma because the river state have said they will shut down companies that don't pay to the state. And then the federal government or FIRS is saying, no, you pay to us. So you find that now the producer is in a big dilemma. If he pays to the federal government and FIRS comes, I mean, and the uh, river state government comes to them, what will they do? If they pay to river state government and then FIRS comes to them, what will they do? So that will slow down investment. And foreign investors are keen about these things. When you look at the structure of investment in this country, more than, on the average, about 70% of investments in this country is on portfolios. It's portfolio investment. What Foreign, is portfolio investment? Okay. Now, portfolio investment is simply investment on shares and uh, securities of companies. Like a foreigner buys shares of First Bank, buys shares of other banks, Diamond Bank, or whatever. So that's portfolio investment in the stock exchange. But again, that portfolio investment, once you have bought 10% or more, which makes you a key stakeholder in that business, it is classified in Nigeria as direct investment. But now, foreign direct investment, which is also supposed to boost growth, is very small in the economy. So with this controversy, you find that the bulk of our investments, especially from outside the country, is in portfolios. And the thing with portfolio investments is that it can easily move from one country to the other. 
So with this controversy, investors will begin to seek alternative places where they can push in their funds, foreign investors, because it's easier and faster for them to make that decision. But at the same time, you also have domestic investors who are also keen in becoming foreign investors in other countries. And so when you have this controversy linger for a very long time and it creates this confusion and businesses get affected by virtue of implementing both sides of the law from the point of view of FIRS and the point of view of the state governments, then of course you find local investors will also want to seek to shift their capital somewhere else. So I don't see the current controversy as being very good as at the moment for investments. But once the matter is clarified, then it becomes easier. Hmm. But again... As it is pointed out, the angle from which we'll have greater challenges will be in the area of voter, I mean, taxpayer education and also the receiving agencies at different levels of government. All right. Now, um, in the news this morning, uh, Nolge wants LG's local governments to collect VAT. Uh, what's your take on this? The National Union of Local Government Employees has said that the 744 local government council should collect the value-added tax and not the Federal Inland Revenue Service or state governments. And um, they're saying also that VAT collection would impact the communities and the people more positively if collected by the third tier of government. Let's hear from you, um, Mr. Gabriel. Omar. Yeah, that's why this whole thing um, is interesting. The federal government are interested in keeping VAT because it, it means that more income for the federal government. The states want VAT to remain with them. That is majority of the states because a large chunk of what is received right now as um, valued as VAT in Nigeria is actually from a very few states, basically like three states, uh, Lagos, Rivers, and if we add FCT as a state, then FCT. Uh, so now the local government now wants to cash in also. If the local, gov local government are talking about, they are looking at their interest now. They are looking at the possibility of actually being the collecting agency. The FIRS, as a collection agency, actually gets 4% of total, 4% of the total amount it collects. The first quarter of this year, over slightly over a trillion naira was collected, was paid, let's say paid as VAT. Now, 4% of that money goes to that agency. That is a lot of money. Hmm. The local governments have imagined that money coming to them. Why not? If they can get it, why not? So they are pushing now because there's this slight possibility that the state may succeed in being the ones to handle VAT in their various states. So the local government are now looking at the possibility of being the collection Agencies. Yes. Okay, so five northern states, two southwestern states, two south south states, and one southeastern states collected a total of 373.84 billion naira off the 836.51 billion naira value added tax allocation available for states in 14 months. Uh, this is according to the latest 
FAAC allocation data available from the National Bureau of Statistics for the month of January 2020 through to February 2021. Um, now, in the period under review, the 36 states of the Federation and the federal government shared 1.09 trillion Naira as VAT revenue from the Federation Accounts Allocation Committee. And... Um, also, um, in this news, uh, they're all, what they're saying, what the North is saying uh, is that um, some states may not be able uh, to survive on their own, even some southern states. Uh, what is your take on this? Let's talk, let's talk to you, Mr. Bako Wushiba. Okay. Um, now, l- let me say this, that with regards to VAT, mm. the assumption by some states is that because it is said this VAT is generated from your state, so it's concluded that it is for that state. Remember, it's a consumption tax. Now, the challenge we will have, even with this controversy, is that if states are asked to collect the VATs, then the question is this. At what point are we supposed to remit VAT to a state? Is it at the point of impute production? Or is it at the point of consumption? You see, an item can be produced in Lagos. Right? So if you pay the impute VAT there, Lagos government will say, yes, this VAT is generated from our state. But what if it is consumed on the plateau? Hmm. So now you pay a VAT on the plateau, but then who does it go to? So you find that that aspect of it must be clarified in terms of the viability of states with regards to that. That's one. Two, the assumption again is that because this bulk amount is stated as being collected in a particular state, seems as if the whole amount is for that state, but that's not true. You see, the VAT has two components, two major components. There is the import component. And that import component is collected by um, the Nigerian customs. Because, of course, they collect tax on behalf of the government at the borders. Now, you find that states are not authorized to collect tax on imported goods. The government is the one doing that. I mean, the federal government. So already you have the import component becoming an aspect of controversy. And then now there is the foreign component that is within the economy. That which foreign firms produce within the economy that is charged within. And then now there is the one that is produced by local firms within the economy. That is 100% domesticated. Hmm. So the chances are that, yes, the one that is produced by domestic firms within the economy will largely go to the states, but at what point? Is it at a point of impute? Meaning that because of the, the, the firm is located in Lagos, therefore, whatever is paid as VAT goes to Lagos state government, that the branch of that firm that is located in Plateau or in Zamfara or in Benue, if it makes businesses, who will collect the VAT? Because now whatever is produced in Lagos and transported to this state is sold as a consumable item in another state. So if the impute VAT is paid to Lagos state government and the final product is brought to another state and then there is a collection of consumption VAT for which the difference between the impute and the output VAT is remitted, then who collects that? Hmm. Then someone gets shortchanged. Hmm. Because even though you, you have environmental issues in the homestead hosting the firms, you also have issues affecting the state where the good is consumed. And so that's an issue. Now, um, with regards to a local government collecting those VATs, well, it is assumed that the 4% that goes to the FIRS mm. will also go to the, to local, the local government. government but actually. chances are very slim that it will be like that. Because now, 
uh, FIRS is more or less acting like a contracting agency in a way, because I'm collecting on your behalf. But now if the law is passed and local governments now becomes the collectors of these things, except if they are going to collect it on behalf of the state government. But if not, if they also become direct beneficiaries of that, then of course that 4% may not apply to them. Hmm. So it actually depends on how the issue is dealt with. Uh, sorry, may, may, let, let me just make a, a little clarification. Now, some of the concern raised by my colleague here is um, who gets what and how. That is where the law comes in. The law should take care of that. Life changes constantly. With new challenges comes new changes. Now, the good thing is that this challenge has been identified. How do we now take care of it? Now, even as it is, the VAT already makes provisions for some of this. Now, you pay VAT from, like you said, from the raw material stage. It moves to the wholesaler. The wholesaler collecting those goods actually pays VAT. The wholesaler sells to the retailer, and the retailer pays VAT. And the retailer sells, sells um, transfers them to the final consumer. That one also pays. So we have been paying VAT. Now, there are forms you collect from FIRS, even if it's services within the state, based on the, the, the act as it's applicable now, like in most of the states. <laughs> so you're expected that as you are selling, even as a restaurant, that you charge that extra 7.5%. Now, that one is it's calculated for, if it's, it's in just now, it will be calculated for plateau states. But you understand that that product, Coca-Cola, that unless it was made in Lagos, would have paid tax from there as VAT. Now, most times, the problem with our tax system is implementation. It makes the system relaxed because it's, it has been get towards a way that most states can actually relax because they know that at the end of the day, they will get. But if you apply the law, even as it is, the FIRS expects that every service um, provided, provided yeah. you're expected to charge that 7.5. You get every service, yes, like that. So that one now, because it's consumed here, then it will be calculated for plateau states. Yes, but let, let me... So, let me... so now, if, if such challenges come, like, like I said, it's a challenge. And once it's a challenge, we're expected as human beings to surpass that challenge mm. by coming up with laws to take care of that challenge. The beauty of it is that we've seen that it's a challenge. That's where the law will come in, and then suggestions will come in. This is how we take care of it. This is how we take care of it. And we, if we do that, that problem will still be there. So yes, it's a challenge, but it can be surpassed if the proper laws are enacted to take care of it. Yes, um, let me just briefly say that <clears throat> the workings of this is that when you pay the impute VAT yes. at the raw material stage, then now the producer sells the item to the consumer, 7.5% yes. applies. Mm -hmm. But now, whatever is paid as impute VAT, mm -hmm. if it is greater than the output VAT, that's the one now that is charged on the final consumption, yes. then now FIRS remits or yes. pays back yes. the difference. Yes, that's the difference. We're talking about an ideal situation now, where whereby everything surpasses, flows. Yes, where yes. it surpasses, then. But you see... <clears throat> The challenge now that we have identified, and yeah. of which you rightly mentioned, the law can look into that and yeah. handle it, is the fact that an item can be produced in state A, mm. impute VAT is paid, yeah. but consumed in state B. Yeah. Now, 7.5 is charged also on that at the point of consumption. Now, you see, when a deduction is done concerning the difference, the net value appears in the consumption state, mm -hmm. not 
the state from which the good was produced, where impute VAT is paid. Now, you see, the state from which it is produced will say, if it has not been produced here, the item would not have been consumed. So we need also to benefit from the surplus. That is the difference. Now, that's an the assumption. State, the law doesn't provide that. I'm, I'm coming. I'm not talking about the current situation as it is. Okay. I'm only highlighting now the issues that will emanate as each state handles these issues. That's one. Point number two is that if you look at the law established, I mean, uh, signed by the Lagos state government, the VAT, it states there, is 6%, not 7.5. Yes. Now, the implication of that, from my point of view, or which my uh, colleague here can clarify, is that every state can now create its own VAT law, charge whatever percentage it wants. Yes. Hmm. Now, we will have a problem. Because, you see, if a product is leaving Lagos and is coming to Jos, and we know the major mode of distribution of goods and services in Nigeria is by road, Will they pay VAT in Ogun State based on the rates by Ogun State? Will they pay in Koji State? Will they pay in Nasara State? Will they pay in Plateau State? Consume. Now, this is the this issue. Is a this is the indeed. issue. We I yes, need sir. to open the phone lines. Uh, okay. We need to hear from yes. our listener this morning. The conversation continues. Uh, we're looking at the issue of tax and all the controversies concerning that. We've had two experts in the studio, uh, Gabriel Omachi Esquire. He's a tax lawyer and also Bako Wushiba. He's a lecturer at PLASU, uh, Department of Economics in Bok. 090-556 places, 99 and also 90 Four eight. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Zoe Machunga. Good morning to Emeka, you. Emeka, I'm calling from Terminus. Welcome back. Thank you, Emeka. Good morning to you. Yes, I enjoyed the conversation from the both of them. They are all professionals and they talk like professionals. But an ordinary man or a layman may speak, you know, looking at the fact that some states fail to, uh, to do what they are supposed to do. Depending on other states, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't speak well for us as a country. We need to be competitive. A lot of states are not competitive. You look at the population of some of our states. A state have 44 local governments, some 34 local governments. They, they don't even have any company. They can't even attract any company. If state in state A has a company and their population is too heavy, even if they are, they are one person in that state, and they decide that this is how much they want to tax, they have every right. For them to have even convinced the company, for instance, through different processes that those companies are producing, that they have any right to put any amount of tax to put. It is left for the other people to go and sit down and ask themselves, is there any way we can even make this able to even come to our place and manufacture? Look at the case study of alcohol. It is not produced in a particular place. But some other people need to even get a, a whatever that is coming from that. And it doesn't speak well. So that is just my take on that aspect. State needs to be competitive. Enough of all this, everybody go to Abuja to go and collect money. It's not helping us. It's not helping us. Thank you, Thank Emeka. You. We appreciate your input this morning. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. These are the numbers you can reach us on. You can also find us on Facebook dot com forward slash JFM Jaws. Hello. 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 Good morning, Zoe Machunga. Good morning, our guests in the building. This is Extravagant Malubi calling you from Jaws. Welcome, Mr. Malubi. Good to have you here. Yeah, permit me to say welcome to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> the pleasure is mine. Well, I think I just stumbled into 
the program this morning, but I'm so delighted that the issue of uh, VAT is being discussed. Permit me to say that um, leadership should be visionary, creative, uh, and then adding value to, 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 to the citizens. But this issue of that, commending Governor Wike for testing the waters, I also want to digress a bit by saying that other governors that are so bedeviled in their state with a state of insecurity should also test the waters in the area of uh, calling them a chief security officer when you cannot command the police, when you cannot command the security apparatus in your state. Yet, all the heat of insecurity is heaped on the governor. So a governor should go to court. Challenging this, I should be given the power to control the security apparatus. If that is not the case, I should also be given the power to recruit people and arm them so that they can march force to force with these criminals. Having said so, back to the issue of that, you will discover that if for any reason any court decide to upturn the, ju- the, the, the judgment uh, of the court in Port Harcourt, Nigerians will be angry for obvious reasons. Reason number one is that when this is upheld and it becomes the norm and the practice in Nigeria, you discover that most governors will sit up. Because this Sidimboto kind of uh, governor, government governance we are running in Nigeria is making us lazy, making us backward. Because when you don't have a lot of money to go to the center to pick, you sit back and look around your state and discover that there is no state in this country that cannot sustain herself. Secondly, it will also help us in the area of in- insecurity. Because if I am a governor of, of a state, and some people are creating uh, insecurity problems to destabilize my state, which invariably will affect my economy. Governors will sit up and fight the insecurity because they will see you as an enemy to the development of the state. Let me also say this before I drop. Do you think if the governor of Zamfara State and governor of Katsina State were the ones who generated the money in their state, do you think they will freely give it to the armed bandits, take selfies with them, give them amnesty, and then allow them to keep ravaging the economy of the state, that, that wouldn't happen. So I think every right-thinking person should be able to applaud this uh, judgment and allow it to stay because it is going to, in the long run, help us to reformat our brain and reconfigure our brain. Thank you, Mr. Malobi. We appreciate your time this morning and your wonderful input. Now, former Deputy President of the Senate, Senator Ike Kwerimadu, has advised the National Assembly not to legislate on the collection of value-added tax, VAT, and stamp duties, which are currently subjects of litigation between some states and the federal government. Now, while conversing votes in 2015, the APC said it would amend the constitution to achieve devolution of power. And many are asking, is the current situation playing out beyond value-added task? And what do you make of this era where we have seen states have come together to challenge the stance of the federal government on some issues, i.e. stamp duty, Paris uh, club refund, local government autonomy, and so on and so forth. And you can drop your comments on facebook.com forward slash Last year, FM Joss, the issue we're discussing this morning is the tax law controversy, the VAT bill signed into law by Lagos and River State, and the implication by the appeal court ruling asking parties to maintain status quo. Hello and good morning. All right, we lost that call. And now, getting back to the uh, conversation uh, on the table. Um, 
so again, there is also another conundrum here. Now, where does this list belong? The exclusive, the concurrent, compared to all the claims? Uh, where should this list be, uh, Gabriel Omachi? Well, <clears throat> if, if this issue was in the exclusive list, there won't be any matter. Then the federal government will have the exclusive power to handle it. But it is not. And that is why the opening is there. That revenue is actually for the states. Personally, I feel it should be allowed for states to handle that. It should not be exclusive to the federal government. But you have said earlier already that yes. the constitution does not give the federal government. Yes. So then what are we arguing about? Now, there is a law enacted by the National Assembly, and that's the VAT Act. Amended just last year, 2020. It, it, it used to be 5%. It was now increased to 7.5%. The laws are there. It is whether we see them and implement them. Now, you, sometimes we ask ourselves, all these years that the federal government have been collecting VAT, what were the states doing? Hmm. What actually opened the eyes is a dwindling fortune of our economy because our oil doesn't give us the much-needed revenue. Reverse State have been there. How come they just woke up recently? So sometimes bad things need to happen for us to see clearly. This seems like a bad thing for some states that are shouting that, okay, let's take care of ourselves, let's be our brothers keepers, and so on and so forth. But it will create an opportunity for us all to look inwards. You hear arguments of people saying we don't have industries. Is it only from industries that you can actually make money? No, it's not only from products. You can actually create services and you make income. You can actually have your place so beautiful, so peaceful that people will like that place as a holiday state or a capital and you make all your income. So you must not have industries to produce goods, to make money. Personally, I feel that every state in Nigeria is blessed. Hmm. All well, the states just need to look inwards. Some experts have also alluded to the fact that um, we must urgently begin to shed weight uh, to allow uh, states you know, to exist, local governments to exist, and to run a true federalism. So um, now, in some way, has the APC renegated on its promise to amend the Constitution? And uh, shall we commend Rivers State and Lagos State governors? Because we remember um, some time back, Ahmed Bola Tinubu, uh, who was the governor of Lagos State for eight years. Now, he challenged the status quo of the federal government on some issues, the urban and regional planning, power to create local governments. Uh, also, recently, on the challenge was the issue of inland waterways, as we saw in the news, and also the Court of Appeal upheld the power of Lagos State to legislate on inland waterways, and uh, lotteries also being reviewed. And so um, this has been an area where we've seen states versus federal government, and uh, we've seen states come together to challenge the stance of the federal government on some issues. So how should we view this? Is this beyond tax? Yes, it's all about survival. I don't personally take it as an APC reneging on its promises. Mm. It's the National Assembly. You have other parties there, you are supposed to have a strong opposition. But how much, how far have they all gone? Now, once the interests seem to affect all of them, why do they all come together? Like the issue of stamp duties now. How, comes, how come now 
all the attorney generals, all the states can now team up against the federal government. The states are not all APC states, but they can be united when they feel that this pain is unique hmm. and special to them. They can now come after the federal government. All right. Um Mr. Bako Wushiba, now, um, how, how, how urgent should this matter be uh, when it comes to expedition? Should, how quickly should this? Because um, when do taxpayers uh, feel, file in their returns? Now, um, with regards to the VAT, <coughs> it's expected that you file in by the 21st day of the month after or um, the subsequent month uh, of which you collected the tax. This is what I mean. If you have collected VAT, maybe the company, you've sold your goods in the month of February, then by 21st day of March, you are expected to make that payment to the FIRS. That's the date you're expected to file it in. But now, let me say this with regards to this VAT controversy. That one, it must be resolved quickly. I've highlighted some issues there. One is the fact that the VAT has import components that the states cannot collect at the borders, at the point of entry. It is the federal government. It also has foreign component, but for items produced by foreign firms within the economy, the states can do something about that. Then we have the complete local component. The states can do something about that. I've talked about the exempted items and the zero ones. States that have high, I mean, states that have export processing zones, you expect that they will have so much of these items that are zero VAT. So again, there will be some losses in that aspect. But are there possible benefits? Yes, there are possible benefits. The base can be expanded. This is what I mean. When the FRS is the only one collecting it, you find that the number of firms that make these payments is actually very low. If we have local governments or the state governments begin to collect this, provided, provided there is correct education, for the collecting agencies, proper training for their staff, and then clarity with regards to that particular law, then you find that most people will come under the dragnet of the VAT. If you look at the VAT law, I mean, the services of uh, roadside mechanics that you benefit from, spare parts, you're, you're meant to pay VAT on those things. But you see, there are certain items that are not paid. Informal sector, the services they render, VAT on some of the items are supposed to be paid, but they don't get remitted. So if the states and the local governments, yes, get into collecting it, we expect that the base will increase. But the challenge is that there will be multiplicity of tax, taxes on the consumer or the firm. Now, with regards to the issue of uh, states uh, not surviving and all of that, it also brings in an advantage if we respond to it politically. Pick a case scenario like Plateau. The industries here are few. So it becomes necessary now for the state government and the economic planners in the state to come up with policies and strategies that will attract industries to the state. Improve inland container depots. Hmm. Facilitate the establishment of internal export processing zones. This calls so, for innovative leadership. That's one. Ingenious Two. leadership, resourceful leadership. Then the next thing is again, you look at the fact that you need to develop your manpower. It is with skilled manpower that you render services, as uh, he pointed out, and then you can get VAT on those services. Mm. So where your skilled manpower is not developed or is developed and you're not able to retain it, other states will benefit from that. 
So your, your, your VAT that you're supposed to enjoy because you have trained manpower and they're supposed to come up with business ideas, either in the form of service, services in the economy or items produced, gets to migrate to other states. So if that happens, the states are allowed to do that, then greater challenges will come with regards to improving the quality of governance, improving the economic climate of every state, and improving its security situation. But for as long as these things are not responded to strategically and intelligently with growth-enhancing measures, then of course, states will continue to cry. So it's, it's my take that it has benefits and it also has issues, hmm. if not properly responded to. And I think that the history of Nigeria has showed that even with the establishment of the Joint Tax Board, there has been struggles to clarify on the issue of multiple taxation. It will discourage investments, if not seriously, seriously handled. Now, Mr. Omachi, yes. what are your thoughts? Let's begin to round up. So like, like my colleague here said, right now there is a challenge in Kogi State with the banks. Now, the CBN there have even directed that all banks should close because the state decided to just levy extra tax on them. Now, the greatest challenge we're going to have if all these laws are not properly defined and clarified is the issue of multiple taxation. The National Assembly is very powerful. Now, even if they don't, uh, the FIRC doesn't, doesn't succeed with this VAT issue, what stops them from creating another revenue that will impact on the whole state? Hmm. Well, now, someone is saying that the inequitable distribution of VAT by FIRS among the states made River State to ask questions. Refer also to the creation of the 44 local government areas in Kano after creating Jigawa out of it while leaving Lagos State with similar population size with 20 local governments. VAT is for the third tier of government. So who is benefiting? The well, most? You know, <clears throat> there's always political undertone to all these things. Now, for you generating the VAT, you also have a certain percentage that you get. Actually, 20%? You understand? For derivation. Yes. For derivation, you get a certain percentage. Then the, the amount you also make. Yes, we're not saying it is fair. The main, the quarrel is that certain states generate a large proportion of this, while others don't. And it's time for us to start looking inwards. States should become creative. Let us think. Let us be innovative. Let us come up with ideas to make our states viable. The idea that states are existing but can only exist based on revenue re um, received from the federal government is just not sustainable. Hmm. And that is what we are seeing. It will come a time, definitely, that these states, if, something, if they don't do something to generate their own revenue, they will definitely crash. Hmm. Well, um, some are also saying that uh, the end game is still very unclear because Rivers and Lagos State seem to have an ace up to their sleeves and they're keeping their cards very close to their chest. And the solution, it seems, uh, might be more political than uh, either economic or legal. Now let's get to our feedback handle on Facebook. This morning we have been talking about the VAT, uh, the tax law controversy. Uh, let's get to the bottom. Let's start at the bottom of the comments. Aminu Abdullahi is saying, uh, good morning. Zoe, actually our leaders always uh, disappoint people of what they promise during campaign. And um, 
uh, good morning and the guests in the house. I don't take this administration serious because they came to power without any blueprint, says Josiah Jama Dachung. Sokes Tong is saying um, this administration needs to go back to her blueprint. That is the campaign promises because most of the promises are yet to be visible. The only thing we see and get is multiple taxation. Why? It has been so since the government is saddled with the responsibility of regulating tax and the economy. Let me advise that the government should regulate the price of goods and services, especially food stuffs, health services, essential services, just to mention a few. Time, time, time. Youths, shine your eyes. 2023 is closing in on us. Make the best out of it. Sokes Tong. Uh, Dabit Patrick, you say good morning, JFM. Uh, Nigeria politics and fake promises has made us to be where we are. The National Assembly, the judiciary are even bent to the tactics of the executive arm. Uh, when we restructure Nigeria, then Nigeria will be great. Nos Nyongo is saying all of everything this APC government promised is local government autonomy. I can say they tried. Uh, it's just some state governors who refuse to go by it. The issue of VAT, I think these states are right in their actions. It makes no sense to say you don't support alcohol consumption in your state, but yet you enjoy the benefit that comes with the alcohol. Some states make more and receive less, while some states less and receive more. Who does that? We're still waiting for them. They still have two years left. Let's wait and see what they can salvage in the remaining two years. Talking about equity here. And um, Datu Simon Senlat is saying the APC lacks a moral locus standi to utter a word on devolution or decentralization of power or resources. It has ignored its own committee on same issues chaired by El Rufai 2017. On VAT fracas, it's a healthy war between FG and states. The subnationals should fight to its end at the Supreme Court. MC Smart is saying, I wouldn't say we have a governor because he's, um, I'll leave that. David Gangden is saying uh, APC has, um, I'll leave that comment too. Uh, John Dachung is saying, I support Rivers and Lagos states. Let each state use the revenue in its state de for development. Chongai Patrick Victor is saying, good morning. Nigeria has never been this poor and backwards. When you have uh, northern Nigeria that grows uh, bandits for selfish interests and leaders who cannot think outside the box to generate resources for the growth of their states, then VAT should be collected at the state level to make them understand that leadership is not for the ignorant. They should change the numbers they claim to have during census and election to VAT simple. Well, keep the comments coming on facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss. Gentlemen, let's get your final words on this matter. Uh, Mr. Gabriel Omachi Esquire, let's start with you. Okay, there's, um, there's this quote by Upton Sinclair about understanding. We understand that a man will not understand what he needs to understand if his understanding, if his, if his salary is based on him not understanding. Now, the states that are receiving this free income, if they don't want to understand what is the reality of what is happening now, then they will refuse to accept that they need to look inwards and start generating revenue to take care of their various expenses and grow their states. For states who already understand that because we are making enough, then we should get more, will continue to rise in development. The other, unfortunately, will just continue to dwindle. All right. Your last words, Mr. Wishiba. Well, I think that... Um there should be a lot of education with regards to this issue because there are certain underlying assumptions with regards to the revenue generated from VAT 
that states claim they generate more. But when you look at the nature of the VAT itself as consumption tax, you find that you cannot trace that issue of consumption to just a particular state because items move from one location to the other. So there should be some education and serious one. There should also be clarity with regards to the law. And then states like us and other states in a similar situation should begin to think about effective and strategic manpower development such that businesses can come up, services can be rendered in a manner that VAT will be charged and then these businesses will not move to other climes or other locations. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure getting all of this education and enlightenment from you. Mr. Gabriel Omachi Esquire, thank you for your time this morning. And Mr. Bako Wushiba, lecturer, Plasu uh, Bokos, Department of Economics. It's been a wonderful time uh, with you this morning on the program. Let's talk. With that being said, we have to bow to the constraint of time and leave it here for the day. Keep listening and thank you so much for your time. The conversation continues on our feedback handle, facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss. I remain yours truly, Zoe Machunga. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.